here's another episode of Living an Ultra Life. And today I have a guest on from the New Jersey area. So you're going to have to never mind his accent. This is the son of one of our longtime friends from church. This is Anthony Serta, and he has recently begun his ultra running career. And so we're just going to flow like you do on a long run and see what comes up. So welcome, Anthony. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Thank you so much for having me. This is really an awesome treat. Uh, Really unexpected. Like the last thing I thought of was uh, going to be on a podcast on Thanksgiving weekend. So thank you so much. You bet. Uh, Let's see, like a little bit about me, a little background. So I like long walks on the beach. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) And pina coladas. I love it. (laughs) So, uh, Actually, I'm a Marine Corps veteran. I deployed to Iraq a couple times, and I recently got into ultra running through my PTSD recovery. And some of the tools that I've learned was athletics and exercising and things like that. And then you kind of just get roped in to a group of friends where each one is just as crazy as the next. And it's, hey, we're running for two hours, then four hours. And before you know it, you're hooked. <laughs> yeah, that's and, that's kind of uh, how you end up in ultra running, quite by accident, but it's also on purpose. Yeah, it's incredible, you know, and just really like over the past two years, I've really shifted my training from weightlifting and jujitsu to triathlons and ultra running. Wow. So it's kind of crazy the the pivotal shift I've made. And uh it's pretty cool. And you know what? I, I love triathlons. I love the competitiveness of it. But with triathlon, there's so much equipment that can give you the edge. If you got a $10,000 bike, you are going to smoke the guy that's got, uh, that's got the Walmart bike. But with ultra running, you got shoes, you got a hydration vest, and most importantly, you got your mind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, so- that is the key. That's what most people don't, don't think about when they begin their ultra running career is they don't think that, you know, the, the thing that you need to have the strongest and, and build strength in the most is your mind. And uh, most people think, oh, well, you know, if I could just learn to run far, then everything's going to be great. They don't realize until they actually, you know, get into that first race where, you know, you're at mile 70 and dying. And, you know, you realize, you know, my body actually doesn't feel like it can go further. And so for the next 30 miles, I've got to go on pure, you know, mind over matter and so, you know, there's a lot of strengthening of the the mind that a lot of people don't ever focus on. Yeah, it's really tough. And and honestly, like coming from a military background, I really think that that was like one of the key things that got me through the military and then also through my various races. And it's funny that you brought up mile 70 because on my first 100, that's where I was like falling asleep at. Yeah, <laughs> It was mile yeah. 71. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit about the um, the Marine Corps. Yeah, and I, uh, what year enlisted, to what year? I enlisted in the delayed entry program right after September 11th, so it was uh, November 2nd, 2001. Okay, and then I went on to active duty July of 2002 after I finished high school. Okay, is when I went to Paris Island, and then I got off active duty in um, July of 2006. Okay, so deployed deployed to Iraq a couple, like three times and, wow. uh, three with, times uh, in four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot mentally, uh, physically, spiritually. It's a lot all around our relationships, um, you know, but, uh, you know, you kind of got to go through those, those valleys so you can get to these peaks that we're currently riding, you know, like it all kind of plays, uh, like into, uh, like a circle, you know, like cylindrical, you know, feeds into the next thing. And then it gets you to the bottom, to the top and, they all go hand in hand, you know? So without my military experience, I loved it looking back during it. It was probably some of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But looking back, I'm glad that I went that path that I did because joining the Marine Corps, it really unlocked so many doors for me. I went from getting kicked out of high school to now I, now I'm a teacher and I recently got my graduate degree and got all my licensing to become a principal. Wow. So it's really full circle, you know, that like, is amazing. Cause I actually remember you in high school. So <laughs> you, you weren't a troublemaker, but yeah, you, know, you weren't an angel either. So yeah. Oh, far from it. <laughs> what grade are you teaching? I'm currently in the middle school okay. teaching special ed for social studies. So half my time I'm in class support for another teacher as they teach eighth grade social studies. Okay. And then for the first half of the morning, I'm running the whole show doing the general ed kids and the special ed kids for the next few months. Middle school is a really cool age to work with. I've worked high school, elementary, and now middle school. And the kids, they're, they could be a nudge, but you know what? Like, it's really cool because you tell them, hey, I ran 50 miles this weekend. I ran 30 miles. I ran 100 miles. Whatever it is, they look at you like it's insane. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of the really, really cool things I just started doing, I've only done it once so far, but about two weeks ago, I went up to a kid and we have a, we have a good rapport. He's a sixth grader, you know, single parent household. Things could be rough. Good kid, but he could either go one way or the other. So just trying to make that relationship and build that rapport and just let him know that I'm there for him. I said, Hey man, how many miles do you want me to run today? He goes uh, half a mile. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. I run, <laughs> I run miles and miles and miles. Give me a challenge. Come on. Uh, he goes, all right, Mr. Serta, 11. And I'm thinking, man, I just did deadlifts this morning. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a tough 11. (laughs) That's the last thing I want to do. The sun's going down early. It's been a long day, but all right, man. I thought to myself, you know, all right, I'm going to do 11 for him. So I did my 11. It was great. It was all road miles. So I took a tour of the neighborhood of uh, where I teach at. Saw a couple kids that I teach. You know, it's nice being that, that familiar face in the community, but, um, I finished the run and I was in pain, my <laughs> hamstrings from the deadlifts and, and the next couple of days I was dying. But the very following day, I went back to school, printed out my run with the map and my stats from Garmin, wrote a little note on it. Hey man, I just want to let you know that when I give you my word, it's my word. And uh, that's what we do as men. You know, you say something, awesome. you follow through with actions. That if you ever awesome. need anything, I'm here for you. And he read it really quick and his face lit up and he gave me one of those genuine thank yous. You know, we shook hands, looked each other in the eye and it was like, all right, you know, like. That's awesome. 
whatever I have right now, this ability, that mental ability, like whatever we have, it's like, I want to try and use it to make a positive impact, you know, because awesome. Awesome. this could be very, very selfish, this sport. It can be, but see the, the whole thing about an ultra life. And I try to explain this to people that don't get where did living an ultra life come from? You'll recognize this. And so living an ultra life came from John 10, 10, you know, my wife and I had come back from the mission field. We were pretty broken, moved out to Wyoming, mainly so that Jenny could live next to her big sister, but also because there were a lot less people out there. And I just was not capable. You'll know what this is like when you've been through trauma and everything, it's difficult to deal with people. So I was not dealing with people well. And you know, the mountain trails of Wyoming is where I began to hear God's voice again. And so I was out running this one time and I, I don't call it a voice that I heard, but it was just like the words just dropped into my soul. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give you life to the full. There's another version that says that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give you life to the full. Well, life to the full is simply that life that you're living to the ultimate abilities that you have been given. And so the ultra life, what, what you learn when you begin doing ultras is there is no limit. So you probably agree with this, right? You, you haven't figured oh, yeah. out what your limit is, is yet, right? So you've run a hundred miles. Is that it? Is a hundred miles Anthony's limit? <laughs> and nope, I don't think no. so. <laughs> no. So you haven't figured out what it is yet, right? Because that's what living an ultra life is. It's sitting there going, you know what? I don't know what my limit is. Therefore, I can positively, positively affect other people because they don't even know that they don't know what their limit is yet. And so living an ultra life is all about joining into this community of people who, you know, you've been in the ultra running community. This is what I love about it. You've got people coming from addictions. You've got people like you that are coming from trauma. You've got people who have had everything handed to them on a silver spoon, but they're looking for something more. You've got people from every walk of life. You've got doctors, lawyers, you've got janitors. You've got people that are living in their cars and they're working enough to get from race to race because that's where they're finding community. I mean, the ultra running community is like that ultimate community. You know, I always tell people if society really wanted to fix itself. They would go into an ultra running race and <laughs> get around the community at aid stations, get around the village at the finish line. And you would actually begin to see that, you know what, we're a lot more alike than we are a lot different. And when we begin to cheer each other on to our finish in whatever race we're running, that's what it's all about. And if we could be more like that, that's when we reform society. And that's when we take and we look at society and say, this is, this is how we fix it. We cheer each other on in the race and we're not, you know, batting each other's head and trying to beat people into submission. And so it sounds like you've figured this out and, uh, Sounds like in a very short time, two years in the ultra running community. So kudos. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It, it hits you. It hits you like a ton of bricks, you know, like, and, and those long hours out on the trails, you know, like it really gives you time to self-reflect. And that's where I spend all my time praying. You get like a nice, slow, easy pace. You're not breathing hard and you're just out there and it's like, there's nothing else that matters. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, it's really nice, you know, and, and I used to like running before work and I was like, oh, that's a great way to start my day. But then I've kind of grown to love the after work run. 
right to where it's just like i can just number one i'm not i don't have any time constraints yeah and uh whatever i've been holding on to all day it's like there's the dump yep. you know and it's like a really nice release awesome and you get awesome. rid of all of the garbage before you go to bed and uh it's, it's usually a pretty good pretty good time awesome so favorite favorite race you've run so far all right so there's two really favorite runs that i've had so far of course my 100 mile run was incredible because i had a crew of three amazing men that how our lives have just connected over the past several months has been incredible and that i i want to talk more about but my most favorite memorable race would be it was at south mountain new jersey which is in west orange and it's ran by the Sasquatch Trail Runner group. And the uh, race director, her name is Kim Levinsky. She's one of the greatest race directors I've ever met. And um, whenever she puts on a race, I always mark my calendar because her slogan is every trail race is a trail party. And that's exactly what it is. She knows everyone by first name, super approachable being on social media, it's not just like you run one race and she doesn't forget who you are on social media, but she'll comment on your stuff. She's just a super, super positive person. So going into that race, I signed up for, and the race was called um, the Squatch Apple Race. And I signed up for that originally as a 50K. And I'm reading this book, The Definitive Guide to Ultra Running by Don Allison. And I'm reading this book and chapter by chapter, uh, different people write and they, they, it's kind of like an anthology and nowhere in this book do they talk about a 50 K being an ultra it's 50 miles and hundred miles, this whole book, 50 and hundred, 50 and hundred, 50 and hundred. And so then I'm thinking, I'm not going to be doing an ultra if I don't do the 50. So I better do the 50. <laughs> <laughs> So I email her and I say, Kim, um, I think I want to, I know I want to do the 50. And she goes, she goes, all right, we start at this time. And that was my favorite race because it was really my, my first distance real race ever. I did a half marathon when I was in college. I didn't train and I had that Marine Corps mentality. And I just like barreled down the road at like two hours and 57 minutes for a third for a half marathon i think like the uh the recovery vehicle was right on my heels the whole time <laughs> but as far as like a real race and actually with some distance this had to be my first one i might have done like you know a couple here and there that were smaller but this is one of the first ones and especially when it was a live event because so many of them were virtual because all this was happening during the start of the pandemic so the Squatch Apple race, I sign up for the 31 and then I bump it up to the 50 and I've never ran any further than, I don't know, maybe 28 miles or something like that to that point. And, um, mile number 10, mile number 10, I'm doing like a small water crossing and I'm thinking, I don't want to get, I don't want to get my shoes destroyed so early in the race. So I'm kind of trying to navigate these rocks. I lose my balance. I fall. I brace myself. And the palm is swollen. I can't move it. And I'm like, oh. So for the next 40 miles, I'm dealing with a, a bruised, busted up 
swollen palm. Then I think at about mile 32 or something like that, I kicked this giant rock and you could just feel like your toenail is going to be coming off later that day. (laughs) And then somewhere, probably maybe about mile 35, something clicked. and, And this was like the equivalent of the runner's high on the trail versus the runner's high on the road. So on the road, when I get runner's high, I just kind of glide. I'm not paying attention to my footing, but on the trail, that doesn't happen. So you kind of get like a laser focus for me and something clicked in my mind. And I said, you know what? There's nothing stopping me. I am going to complete this race. And so with like a banged up toe and a busted up hand, it clicked in my mind that nothing was going to stop me. I got a little lost on some of the trail. So at mile 50, I wasn't at the finish line yet. I was about two miles away. So I'm, I'm at 49.85 and I got my phone out and I'm, I'm going to record a video. <laughs> so I got this video of me, once it hits 50, yelling at the top of my lungs. Oh my God, I did. I ran 50 miles. Hooting and hollering, like yelling, so ecstatic. Like this was the most monumental thing I've ever done. You know, it was just incredible. That feeling, that sense of accomplishment. And this, there were no pacers on this race. It was a hundred percent on my own running. I am yelling. I'm taking this video. Just so excitement. But I didn't think, I didn't think that there were other people might be around. And I want to (laughs) say, I want to say the sun is probably going down. If not, it's if, if it's not dark already, it's getting to be dusk. And I'm yelling. And I didn't think that there'd be anybody around. So I finally get to the finish line. And I, I'm, you know, like out of breath. I'm giving, I gave that final push. And uh, there's some people at the finish line that got in a couple minutes ahead of me. They go, did you hear that? I go, hear what? They're like, there's some lunatic that was running after us, chasing us, yelling. <laughs> And I go, oh, man, I think that was me. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's the best story I've heard. That is awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, good. So it just proves you're an absolute lunatic, man. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that race was great. Halfway through the trail. I don't know what mile I was on. I was probably like in the 30s or whatever. I started making up songs and singing as I'm running. Being that loud and obnoxious guy from Jersey, it was great. It was That's great. Awesome. That's awesome. You know, and and so I did a backyard ultra format and I and I got a 60k there and I didn't reach that that plateau of excitement. I hit that hundred mile mark and I didn't hit that plateau of excitement. Uh, but that very first time I hit that 50, it was like that little bit of confidence that you need. To unlock the rest of the doors. Yep. You know, and yep. that's why that race was so instrumental and so exciting and remarkable and memorable. That's definitely why it's my favorite race. Awesome. So, what's coming up in the future race wise for Anthony? So, actually, I have a race that I'm really, really excited for. It's January 29th in Moab, Utah, and it's called the Moab Ultra. It's a 50 miler. And uh, there's a few reasons why I'm excited. Number one, I love Moab. I love Arches National Park, Canyonlands. That whole area of southern Utah is just beautiful. I've ridden my motorcycle cross country a few times, and I make sure I always stop there. I'm really excited to be going back. And I'm 
I, I honestly, this race, I really just want to take my time and enjoy yeah. every second of it. I will say I ran, I ran arches in January of 2019. Cause I think it was the year before the pandemic. You're, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. I mean, Mad Moose events puts on just top notch races. One of the I best race wait. companies out there. You're going to love it. So you're, yeah. I can't wait. Even like looking at the, the map of the race, it's not like you're doing one loop 12 times. You get no. like some really nice distance. And you never, you s- never see the same thing twice. Never. Uh, and that's, I love events where it's a giant loop or it's a point A to point B. I love that. And that's one thing that really attracted me to it is just because you'll see so much. And the second reason why I'm really looking forward to this race is because there's two veterans organizations that are really near and dear to my heart. And I've always wanted to figure out a way after talking to a couple of buddies, how to make this endurance running, this ultra running that the common person doesn't really think that they can do, but anybody could do it. Right. You know, but we've explored this gift. So I really want to use that to benefit people. And so um, this race, I actually am raising money for two veterans organizations. One of them is the Semper Fi Fund and America's Fund. Within that giant organization, they have a division called Team Semper Fi. Okay. And they've helped me with gear, with race entries, you name it. They have been the biggest help with coaching, even just creating a network of veterans that are there for each other regardless where you live. A couple of buddies of mine that I met through Team Semper Fi, we're going to be doing the Arizona Ironman next year. So it's like, I just love Team Semper Fi and the Semper Fi Fund. I want to be able to give back. So I've been raising money for that organization. I want to say I raised over $600 for them so far. And the second organization that I'm raising money for with this race is uh, Mighty Oaks Warrior Program. And that's a faith-based PTSD treatment for veterans. And they were there when I was at rock bottom and I called them up with the superintendent of my school and they were like, all right, aunt, we will get you on an airplane tomorrow morning. You're coming, you're coming and we're, we're going to take care of you. Through Mighty Oaks, I was able to rebuild and strengthen my relationship with the Lord. And that right there, I just, I can't put a price tag on it, but I just want to be able to raise some funds for them because they've given me a second chance on life and uh, both of those. So I'm using this next race as um, a way to fundraise for them just because both organizations have given me so much. I want to give back some way. Awesome. So how can people donate to these two organizations that you're racing for? So it's Mighty Oaks Warrior Program Okay. on Facebook. Or Semper Fi Fund, America's Fund okay. is the other organization. Send, send me the links too, and I'll put those in the podcast notes so that people can okay. do it. All right? Absolutely, I will. Because, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of what we want to do. Yeah, we're getting ready to, to jump into our season two of our podcast. So you're going to be one of, our, one of our first interviewees in season two. And we're really kind of changing the focus from Mike talking to athletes that are out doing amazing things that probably, you know, before they started doing amazing things, didn't think they could do amazing things. So really want to make sure that people know where to go, because I think it's awesome that you're raising funds for the, both these organizations. They sound like they're doing tremendous things. So one last question, then I'm going to let you go. Tell us a little bit about how running 
has helped you with PTSD and also helped you connect to something larger than yourself? Oh man, that's a tough question. <laughs> gotta have one hard I, question. Oh man. No, honestly, ultra running and endurance sports in general, triathlons, and also I, I have a run streak going on. I'm at like 325 days. The accumulation of those activities on a daily basis, you beat yourself up so much. You have you don't have enough time to focus on the little things in life that would normally aggravate you. It gives me an hour or two just to be by myself, not have any distractions and just be in God's presence. And when you're on the trails, it's just like, I get to spend time. And I, I always, I always pray this and I say, Lord, thank you for giving me this opportunity to spend time in the playground that you created, you know, because these amazing trails, they're our playground. And it's just so, we're so fortunate to just be able to have access to them. And the fresh air, the sunlight, the occasional run with some friends, you get that camaraderie. And it's, it's such a really great community. All the guys that I train with, you know, I, I train with some amazing athletes, zero ego. Everybody wants to uphold and, and boost up our peers around us, you know, and it's just such a welcoming, inviting Sometimes you got to earn your place in it before it becomes inviting. Right. Uh, but such a great community to where it's like, if you're having a tough time, people are there to support you. You know, it's just, it's just incredible. And nowhere else before this, did I feel that sense of community that I feel now when I was doing heavy weightlifting, you're in the gym with like your, your gym partner, you know, and that's that you say hi to the other people. Doing jujitsu, there's a high level of trust. I love those guys, but there's a little ego, even though they don't talk about it. It wasn't the same, right? Because you're kind of fighting for your life. But with with ultra running and endurance sports, you're not fighting for your life. You're out there. You got that low heart rate. You're you got the endorphins, and you're just being able to just be in the moment. And I've tried a lot of different things, but this has been the thing that's really helped me the most. Awesome. It's just such a great time, great community. And there's, it doesn't get old. You know, there's hundreds of trails, there's roads everywhere, you know? So I like to change it up. And then the more you get into it, the more of a network you create. Now you can go to different places and train with different people and different clubs and you show up for races and you look forward to looking at the ultra sign up, who signed up for it. You know, Hey, I know this guy. I don't know this guy. You know, you stalk each other on Strava. Like, it's just such an awesome thing. And then when you miss a trail run, you get the biggest fear of missing out, the biggest FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the reason you missed out is because you're doing something different yep. that, that you can share with them the next time you're on. There you go. You know, it's just, I love the community and it, it's giving you a purpose. And this run streak, I can't tell you how many people have messaged me online or in person, they say, hey, man, I see what you're doing. I may not say it on, on social media, but I see what you're doing. And dude, it's inspiring, you know, because it's not just like a one mile run every day. It's I'm getting out there. And when I hear that, it's inspiring other people or they're like, dude, you're just an average dude. What are you doing? It's like, dude, I if I can do it, you can do it. And I just I love being able to be a positive impact. And that's really what this is 
given me. It's an outlet to help kids at my school, to help veterans organizations and just random people. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anthony. That's it for this episode of Living an Alter Life. I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview. We'll be doing another interview next month. So very, very happy that you guys are listening. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. 